welcome to Glow From Within podcast. I'm your host, Harmony Patton, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, as well as a holistic intuitive healer. I'm a mom of two, a wife to one, and I work with a spiritually inclined, growth-minded, soulful-ass woman who's looking to heal from within and unlock her deepest potential by doing so. If you're looking to make your health, hormones, and gut your superpower, you've come to the right place. This is Glow From Within Podcast. Well, hello there, gorgeous, and uh, happy Tuesday. It's good to see you here again. So happy you decided to join us today. Now, before we dive into today's episode, it's going to be a little bit of a different vibe today, but before we dive in, Go ahead, make sure you take a screenshot of this podcast that you're listening to, share it to your Instagram, tag me. I love to see when you guys are listening. And also, it helps so many other people find these episodes to help them as well. So today, 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 today. So I'm assuming you've taken your screenshot already, right? Today, we're going to talk about some health stuff that's been going on for me. It's absolutely nothing crazy. Let me preface this with that. Nothing crazy. But just kind of some health things that I've been evaluating recently and a couple of things that I want to do. And then a few things that, well, not a few things. It's really one thing that I want to kind of tell you guys about and invite you to sort of uh, do with me slash experience for yourself. So how are you doing today? I hope you're doing so well. Today's vibe is a little bit different. I know that. And today's, you know, episode isn't really about, um, it's not really like a channeled message or like, you know, some really deep, impactful thing that I'm sharing with you today. You know, you might not necessarily walk away from this today being like, oh my God, so incredible, so amazing. Like that might not be the vibe of today's episode, but um, still valuable nonetheless. And I think it's important that we have episodes like this as well. So, Today, what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is sort of for myself, you know, and as a practitioner, I hope always to educate my clients so that they can get to the same place as well. And that is a space where your symptoms, your health, these aren't things that are running your life, but at the same time, you know, you know your body well enough to know when maybe you need to go a little stricter with food or, you know, you need to reset or, you know, it's just, it's really kind of body wisdom uh, where you really kind of reestablish that connection with your body and, you know, your own intuition and knowing what your body needs using the information that you've gathered and the experience that you've gathered from, you know, you know, working with me or working with a different practitioner, learning a way that really works for your body for eating, etc. So if you're newer to my world, you might not know as much about, you know, my background when it comes to my health and healing and all of that. So I'll just give like a very, very brief overview um, for pretty much, I want to, I always want to say like all of my life, but it really started when I was 11. I have dealt with acne and there was definitely a short period in my adulthood when I was on the pill and I was using some different like topicals from a dermatologist that my skin wasn't terrible. But besides that, really for what feels like the majority of my life, and it is the majority of my life, I'm 30 now, uh, I had acne. So um, 
in addition to that, I then later, this was back in 2015, now 2015, 2014, maybe it was 2014, that I found out that I had PCOS. So that's polycystic ovarian syndrome, which essentially means that your your ovaries don't release eggs, so you don't ovulate normally. And instead, where an egg would have released from, that follicle instead turns into a cyst. So your ovaries get lined with all these little cysts. A lot of times they compare it to like a pearl necklace because it looks like a pearl necklace with all the little cysts lining uh, your ovaries. So this can lead to things like infertility, thinning hair, uh, oftentimes... Uh, high levels of testosterone and other, you know, male-dominated hormones, androgens, and, you know, struggling with having higher levels of the female hormones like progesterone, estrogen, things like that. So um, it's a fun little syndrome, not really, but there's that. And there were a lot of underlying reasons, issues, root causes, if you want to call them. There was so much, so much there. Um, Partially, definitely was my diet. I was eating a lot of foods that I was sensitive to and I had no idea. I definitely had, you know, some candida. I think even some autoimmunity going on. Um, Definitely leaky gut. I also dealt with like constipation and stuff for most of my life. And when I say constipation, it was like I went maybe like once a week or three times a week for most of my life. And I thought that that was normal. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was a big chunk of my life. So I also had, I think, just a lot of toxicity in my colon. Definitely my liver needed a lot of detoxification. Uh, There was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on in my body that I needed to heal from. And, you know, I had like the symptoms and the life to prove it. (laughs) I was a very, very negative person, very pessimistic. I had zero, zero awareness of how much I was always guarding myself. You know, it was like I always had a shtick, like I had a shtick about like, oh yeah, I don't cry about being like a hard kind of like bad bitch kind of person that was... Yeah, came off as very blunt. I was known for being blunt and being just kind of hard, I feel like. Um, Like literally in my school, in high school, I had a reputation, and it was a boarding ballet school, keep that in mind. And I had a reputation for like none of my friends had seen me cry the whole time that we were in high school, including one year of middle school actually. And so like none of them had seen me cry. And it was like a thing that I prided myself on that I didn't let myself cry and so no one had seen me cry even though I had been mistreated in so many ways while I was there also uh anyway so yeah I used to eat really really and I I say horribly and I don't want to like put quality on food. You know, I don't really believe that food is like good or bad or that it's like you're a bad person or like it's evil. And I'll joke around like that at home, but it's 100% a joke. You know, I'll be like, oh yeah, the evil mac and cheese, as in like the mac and cheese my husband eats with like gluten and dairy and everything else under the sun. Um, and I'll call that like the evil mac and cheese, but that's that's just a joke. And I don't actually believe that any food is like bad like it's food is neutral it does not have morality attached to it right it's that's a thing that we do as humans food 
is not a moral issue. It's a your body issue and a health issue and a matter of what works for you and what doesn't. And then there's even more complexities to it, of course, when it comes to, you know, like, um, I can't even think of the word, but like food deserts essentially where people don't even have access to like fresh produce. And there are people who live in America and, you know, whatever country you're living in, this is possible that it's true where you live too. People don't have access to like fresh produce. And even for me in high school, well, actually technically it was middle school, but it was the first year that my mom and I had moved back to the U.S. after we lived in Korea. And we had a little apartment in D.C., my high school was you know in dc so we walked it was in walking distance of my high school my boarding ballet high school and then outside of that we didn't have access to a grocery store so my mom and i would go to 7-eleven which was down the street we would buy like frozen meals from 7-eleven like 7-eleven was our grocery store we didn't have a car um my mom was making you know like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> a year and the tuition at my school was I don't even insane like I was on scholarship but even so it was insane and I had no concept of any of this at the time you know but yeah so we would go to 7-Eleven and we would buy frozen meals and like lean cuisines and things like that and that was like my diet like mac and cheese and boxed meals and frozen meals and sometimes later in later years once we got a car we would go places like you know burger king that was my favorite now get a little whopper or a double whopper or a whopper jr (laughs) i loved me some burger king was way more a fan of burger king than mcdonald's um but yeah so you know those eating habits certainly didn't stay exactly like that and food is complex you know there's a lot to it and um you know it sucks that there's little access to like high quality food if you have a lower income so you know i this conversation that we're about to have isn't is honestly even just an extremely privileged conversation at all because a lot of higher quality foods some people don't even have access to period or you know it costs money right to buy organic produce or the grass-fed meats and all of these things and for me it's definitely even in times of financial struggle it's been something that I've prioritized you know I've prioritized spending more money on my food than say you know buying the nice clothes that I like or spending in other ways that maybe I would have liked to. Um, It's something that I've had to prioritize because I've prioritized my health. And the beginning of changing my health wasn't actually because I wanted to like clear my skin or anything like that. It actually started just because I felt really gross and I was eating um, like all this candy at the time because the vending machine guy where I worked at my corporate job would let us grab free candy every time he refilled the vending machine which is once a week on Fridays we would fill up on candy me and my coworker Randy who's like I absolutely love her uh we would stock up on candy you know and these are just like full-sized candy bars they're not like little fun-sized ones like full Snickers Twix Raisinets those were my go-to's and you know for the next week to make sure that every day we would have enough candy to have like a daily candy bar Um, And so that's just like one small example because outside of that, I was still eating, you know, breakfast. It would be like those toaster strudels or cereal or bagels or waffles. Like I was eating all kinds of stuff, but all day 
It was gluten and dairy and like pretty much every meal I was eating things that I was sensitive to constantly. So needless to say, like I kind of got to a point where I just felt really gross. And it wasn't, again, this wasn't about like morality. It wasn't like, oh, this food is so evil and I'm eating it. How terrible of me. Like I physically felt disgusting. Um, And especially with the candy bars, because at the time, I'm sure I was leading myself up to having insulin resistance and I was on the pill, which was further damaging my nutrient stores. And I already wasn't eating nutritious food. And I was further damaging my gut and my hormones, really just wreaking havoc on everything. Yay, go me. Um, But of course, I, I wasn't aware of any of that. So I didn't feel bad about the decisions I was making. It was just that I physically started to feel really gross and I would feel like nauseous and tired and I had no energy and I had gained a bunch of weight. I I mean, I say a bunch of weight. That's like, you know, I was probably more of like an average. I was still within the average range when you look at BMI, which is total bullshit anyway. But as far as how much I weighed for my height, technically, it's not like I was overweight by any stretch of anything. But for me... I just, I didn't feel good. I felt uncomfortable in my body. I felt very, I felt kind of sick. Like I was sick and I was, you know, what, 23, 23. And I felt this gross and I was sedentary. I was sitting all day because I worked again at a corporate desk job. So I was sitting all day. I was eating really in a way that did not work for my body. I was eating terribly for my body and uh, it just kind of caught up to me anyway. So from then, this was in uh, 2013. I guess actually, was I 22 when I, I was 22 when I started this? And I, at the time, I was also getting hemorrhoids pretty frequently, and like just so many issues. And I remember even for my physical when I got a checkup, I was asking them because I had acid reflux. I would literally wake up with acid reflux. Like before I did anything, before I ate anything, before I drank any water, I would wake up and my reflux would be burning and I had hemorrhoids and I was constipated. And so I remember asking like the people at the doctor at my, um, my annual physical. And I was like, Hey, you know, I'm having all this stomach stuff. Like I have acid reflux and, um, you know, I'm getting hemorrhoids and whatever. And literally they just told me to get like over the counter stuff. They told me to get preparation H and they told me to get um, Prilosec OTC or whatever. And I was just like, okay. It was 100% not helpful. Like, honestly, the worst advice ever. The worst advice ever. Such terrible advice. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> I'm not here to poo-poo on doctors because they are so amazing, so necessary, They do such incredible work, but definitely this was one of the many times that doctors failed me, truly. Um, And it was really, I don't blame the doctors. It's really just the conventional medicine failed me, right? Like doctors are educated in a way to save lives. They're not educated really to improve the quality of your life, which is what I was looking for. I wanted to feel really good. I didn't want to feel gross every day. I didn't want to feel like I was struggling every day, like I was tired and all of these things, right? I didn't want that. I didn't desire that and I still don't. So for me, please know that when I speak about, you know, health, I am talking really about like 
optimization, right? I'm not just looking at, you know, healing big things. And that is wildly important as well. But for me, like my standard when it comes to health and feeling good and energy and all of these things is very high because I know how good I can feel. And that's because I have done a lot of, you know, extreme diets. I've done a lot of elimination diets. I've learned how to eat for my body. I've done functional lab work. So I know the foods that trigger my immune system and I know the foods that don't. I know the best foods for me and the foods that are not as good for me. And then even from the elimination diet, I further have been able to see, okay, then from these foods, this still causes some bloating. This still makes me break out a little bit, right? So I've been able to narrow down even further. So here I have on paper exactly what works for me and what doesn't as far as my immune system goes, my my inflammatory response goes. And then from there, even further being able to narrow it down to really the best foods for me, for my body. And this is why it is not, food is not like a moral issue. It's not about good or bad or like, you know, good and evil. It's not about that. It's about foods that work for your body or foods that don't because foods that are very healthy might not work for your body. And that it's as simple as that. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of, you know, looking at um, your ratios of macronutrients and micronutrients and where are you deficient and where are you maybe for your body, it doesn't work as well to have higher carb but you're eating too many carbs, maybe you do better with higher fat and higher protein and lower carb. And so where can we make adjustments within the foods that work for your body? So there's a lot to learn about all of this. And it's truly something that I've loved because I have been able to use these tools myself to enhance my life, to change my whole entire life. I genuinely, really, truly would not be here sitting here recording this podcast if I hadn't started on this health journey. So all of the spirituality stuff that I've been able to work into, all of the growth within, you know, the metaphysical that I've done and the interpersonal growth, the relationship growth, just the desire to grow within myself, to get to know myself, to get to do the soul gazing that I do to, you know, enhance, like I said, my spiritual, my psychic abilities, my clairvoyance, my clairsentience, clairaudience, like all of these things and my intuitive abilities, right? And the soul gazing that I'm able to do where I'm able to go into your soul and tap into your soul and see into your soul and see what's in there and what is asking to be seen by you and to be recognized by you and released and healed, the opportunity to do all of those things, right? Everything that I do now, all that I am able to do started because I began the journey of healing my body first. And for me, that truly was the first step. I needed to do that first in order to create the space within myself to be able to learn and grow and layer on top of that. And there's a very good reason for that. So when your body is in this state of high inflammation and your gut is leaky and maybe you have different bacterial infections in your gut or fungal infections or parasites and your liver isn't functioning well, it's sluggish, like all of these things and you're eating foods that you maybe don't know are causing damage, they're causing leaky gut and all of these things are happening in your body every single time that you eat with every single thing that you do and you're unaware of it, it absolutely impacts your 
your connection to source, your own connection to yourself, your soul connection, your connection to your own higher being, your ability to have that clear mind, you know? And so even if you are someone who maybe has the ability to, um, you know, maybe tap into someone's soul or have clairvoyance or clear audience or clear sentience or, you know, psychic abilities or high intuitive abilities, or you have this special gifting, you might not be able to tap into it as long as you're eating in a way that doesn't work for your body. And as long as your body is in this state of toxicity where you're not able to have that deeper connection. So truly, we're sabotaging ourselves when we don't know what our physical body needs so then we can't move into the other things that maybe we want right I know for me for a long time it was like I would find it's so cool if someone had like special intuitive abilities or if they were able to you know, do these different things. I was always like, wow, that is amazing. That's incredible. That's so cool. I wish I could do those things or, oh, I wish I had, you know, clear sentience or clear audience or I wish I had any or all of these things. Like I thought it was so cool and it really intrigued me. Like I would always be really, really into it and I can't really explain it, but it was like something inside of me was like, yes, 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 yes. Like you could do that. Like you should be able to do that. You could do that. And like it just really excited me and just even now talking about it, like I can feel it. Like it just kind of lights me up and being able to channel, being able to tap in, tune into source and to down have downloads where you're able to download information and have these downloads that you were meant to share with the world and you're you're able to channel messages that you're meant to share with the world like those things are so incredible and so powerful and oh my god like yes the reason I had that feeling whenever people would talk about it or whatever and the reason I was like oh I want it so bad or like you know even if you're someone who is like really into Harry Potter and like things that have this like witchy stories, things that where people have like magical powers and stuff like that, oftentimes you're drawn to that because within you, you actually have those, you have a gifting. You have a gifting that's available to you and you just don't know how to tap into it yet. And the thing is, when we are eating in a way that doesn't work for us and our bodies have all this healing to do and our guts have all this healing to do and our brains have healing to do because the thing is that ultimately, right, our brain is controlling all of the functions in our body. And whether that be, you know, the amount of hormones you produce to how you feel, whatever, like our brain is in charge of so much. And they say that your gut is the second brain, right? There's a bunch of books out there about this. Um, there's a book called Grain Brain, um, I mean, there's a bunch of different ones, but truly our gut is so responsible for so many functions in our body that it's a matter of how we are able to enhance our gut's function so that our brain can function more optimally as well, right? Because you can't really have one that works great without the other. So When our bodies are able to function better, our brains are able to function better, we're able to have a clearer mind and we're able to tap into these abilities and things that we maybe felt were out of reach before. Even if you're someone who struggles with, say, meditating or you struggle with anxiety or depression 
And, you know, so many of these things are actually tied into gut health. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, heal your gut and everything's going to get all better. You're going to be happy. Everything will be perfect. I'm not saying that because that's just simply not true. We still need so much more to this. And that's where, you know, the other side of the work that I do comes in, the mindset side of things and the lifestyle side of things, the soul gazing work that I do, there's a reason that that work is so important and so, so, so necessary, right? We can't truly do just one part or the other. If we're trying to heal, if we're trying to feel really good, if we're trying to have this incredible optimal life, we can't just work on healing, you know, the gut, the physical body, just like we can't just work on healing like the soul, the mindset, because all of it works together. So, The reason that I bring all this up is because I want to talk about something about me recently that's been coming up. And this is something that I've noticed a lot in general. And it's something that I'm aware of in myself because I have so many years of experience. And truly, like, I know myself and I know my body really, really well. So I want to just give you kind of a look into what it looks like to be in a space where Overall, generally, I don't really have many symptoms these days, right? Like I feel really good. My life is really good. I overall say like I would say that I'm healed, right? I've healed myself and I don't deal with all that much. But you're never immune, right? We're never just like immune to having symptoms flare again or immune to having nothing happen. And we're also humans, right? So having perfection around our food or perfection around the way that we eat is also not realistic, sustainable, or going to happen. You're not going to be perfect in the way that you eat always. And you're not going to always make all of the perfect decisions. Your life isn't always going to be perfect. You're not always going to feel perfect, right? That is not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is generally feeling good, generally having a high standard of how we desire to feel in our life day in and day out and whatever that looks like. Sometimes that looks like eating something that you're sensitive to that you know is going to improve the quality of your life. You want to have a good time with friends. Maybe you're out drinking. Maybe you want to indulge in birthday cake for someone's birthday. Like whatever that looks like, there is nothing wrong, which is why food is not about morality. It's not an issue of morals of good or bad or evil or like perfect, right? That's not what it's about. It's about choices. It's about learning what foods work for you, what foods don't. And then from there, you have the decision to make whenever you go to eat. Do I want to eat something that is not the best for me and it might lead to me not feeling great? Or do I want to eat what I know is the best thing for my body but might not satisfy like my sweets craving or whatever it is, you know? So... I've had family in town for almost a month now. They're going to be here for two months total. So I believe we have like a week and then a whole, the whole month of June to go. Um, but since they've been here, I before they got here, I was in a space where I was like really not eating sugar. I was eating really well. And when I say really well, again, that doesn't, it's not about good or bad. It means that I know how to eat for my body. I know the foods that work for my body. And I was eating in a way that my body was feeling really good. I had a lot of mental clarity. I was feeling very inspired. My gifting was really, I was able to use it very well and very easily. I was able to tap in very easily. And things were just flowing really, really well for me, both on an interpersonal level and physically health, mental type of level, right? So since they've been here, we've been doing a lot more, you know, hanging out, eating sugar. So for me, 
again, I want to give you like some context here. Maybe those of you who aren't as familiar with me and you guys aren't me, you know, you don't live in my life, so you don't necessarily know the kind of rules and boundaries and guidelines that I have for myself when it comes to my food. So there's a few things that are like nevers for me. So gluten is like a never. Even if I am quote unquote like going off the deep end and like completely indulging whatever, I still personally do not find it worth it to indulge in gluten. And the main reason for that is that it takes four months for gluten to process out of your body. And to me, I find that super obnoxious, right? Like three months from now, I don't want to be dealing with symptoms that have nothing to do with the decisions that I'm making in that moment, but it have to do with a decision that I made three or four months prior. Like that sucks. And so that's also a big issue when people are trying to like track symptoms with their food and they're like, oh, I've been eating like this, but why am I still having these symptoms? And it can literally be from something that you ate months prior. So to me, gluten is never worth it. And it's just an absolute never food. I have obviously gotten gluten. It's not like I've had no gluten ever over the course of the past however however many years it's been, six years. Um, I have, I've gotten glutened, but it's okay. Like, it's fine. I'm in a space where it's literally fine. I'm not going to freak out. Like, it's okay. Probably I'm not even going to have any symptoms realistically just because my body's in a good space. I can tolerate it. I can handle it. It's going to be okay. Now, so gluten for me is always a non-negotiable, just never, no. Uh, another really big one for me is eggs. I'm very highly sensitive to both egg whites and egg yolks, so I try to be really strict about my no eggs. Um, but that is one that like, for instance, last October, right now, if you're listening to this at a different date, just so you know, right now it is uh, May 24th, 2021. Now in October of 2020, I went to my friend's wedding in Virginia and I had an omelet for breakfast while I was there. No shame. Had an omelet. I'm good. I'm okay. But also there's another reason for that. And I'm also breastfeeding. So I also have to think about the implications for my kid, right? And for kids, it takes also a long time for these things to process out of their systems. So for instance, if my child is sensitive to eggs or dairy or gluten and I eat that and then it goes into my milk and then they drink it, and they're reactive to those foods, it can take four weeks for it to process out of their body entirely before they could be symptom-free. So for instance, with my first son, I didn't know that he was sensitive to eggs. I was eating eggs. I didn't even know that I was sensitive to eggs at the time. I did know that I did better without them, but I also really enjoyed them. They have a lot of nutritional benefits, but I'm sensitive to them. And I didn't know that for sure at the time. I didn't, I hadn't done a food sensitivity test. I did not know. I didn't have it on paper. Like, hey, you are in fact sensitive to this. So don't eat it. <laughs> um, so I was eating eggs after I gave birth to him. And he had all kinds of like colicky kind of symptoms. He had silent reflux. You know, his stomach hurt all the time. He dealt with gas all the time. And silent reflux is like, it's like acid reflux, right? Except for babies, a lot of times it results in a lot of like spitting up. And it's just like very painful and very uncomfortable for them. And I like, you know, I already wasn't really eating dairy or gluten or whatever. I was already the person that I am now. It's just that uh, the eggs, I was like, I was like, no, it couldn't be eggs. So uh, (laughs) I found out though that for babies... First of all, it takes four weeks for it to process out of their system fully. So I, I like dabbled with having no eggs. I'd be like, oh, I didn't have eggs this weekend. And, you know, it didn't make a difference. He was still struggling and whatever. And then once I found out that it took four weeks, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to commit to this for four weeks. So sure enough, I did it. And then 
I started like at the beginning of when he was three months old. So from three months old to four months old, he was still struggling, but I was not eating eggs that whole time. I really stuck to it. And then by the time he was four months old, he was like a, an entirely different baby. It was crazy. Like his digestion completely changed. He was totally fine. Like all of the symptoms, all of the stuff that he had and that we were dealing with was because I was eating eggs. And actually still to this day, my boy, he's three and a half. He cannot eat eggs. So he was very sensitive to eggs and I didn't know it. But that's just a classic example, right, of how this works. So for me with my food, I always have to think about that too. It's like, okay, me eating eggs right now, is that going to be worth potentially my kid, because I'm breastfeeding my second baby now, my kid having like symptoms for four weeks. Is it a whole month? A whole month? Is that worth it? So I have to think about that other level of it as well. So part of the reason that I had the omelet while I was at my friend's wedding is because I was like, okay, I know for a fact I'm pumping this milk, but my baby's actually not going to eat it because I was, I have a nephew who's exactly two weeks younger than my son, who is, you know, like getting close to 10 months old. And I was giving all of my milk to him. So since they were there with me, I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to try to travel with frozen milk. Let me just give you guys the milk that I'm pumping. He has plenty at home. He's good. So I was like, I know my kid isn't going to eat this milk, so there's no risk of there being the symptoms on his part. And I know I'll be okay. Like if it's just me, I'm like, I could have an egg here and there, whatever. I'll be okay. It's fine. So I had the omelets. And it's the same thing with dairy. Dairy doesn't take as long to process out of your system. Um, yeah, it's to me, dairy is not as big of a deal, but gluten is like my main non-negotiable never. Eggs, I really, really try to avoid as much as possible. Dairy, I am a little bit more lenient with, and soy, I'm a little bit more, le- more lenient with as well. But I am truly, like from a food sensitivity test, sensitive to all of those things. And that's a big part of why paleo and specifically autoimmune protocol paleo worked really, really well for me in my healing journey, right? Because in all of those, you don't eat, well, in in all of those, you don't eat dairy, um, soy, and gluten. You don't eat grains at all, right? And then in AIP, autoimmune protocol, you also don't have eggs, and then you don't have the nuts and the seeds and nightshades. So for me, AIP was like extremely healing, worked so, so well. But I also had to establish, you know, years of healing as well. So with all of that being said, (laughs) that is like the very basic bare minimum of what I do in general, like on a daily basis. I, those are my, my rules, my guidelines, and that's like my standard of living. And those are things I'm not willing to compromise on. Um, You know, there's other small things that I might be sensitive to in there, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of all of the foods that I'm sensitive to for my food sensitivity test because that's not the purpose of this podcast today. But, you know, having that knowledge is extremely beneficial. And so I've been having more sugar. When I say I've been having more sugar, that means I've been having like gluten-free treats, right? I've been having dairy-free ice cream. Um, there's this incredible bakery called Unrefined Bakery that is near where I live. And if you're in Texas, there's a few of them, not only in the DFW area, but also I believe in like Austin, 
Um, I'm not sure where else, so don't quote me on that. But Unrefined Bakery is absolutely incredible, and they have uh, vegan, gluten-free, like the whole place is gluten-free, period. So you don't have to worry about cross-contamination or anything. Everything is truly gluten-free. And then on top of that, they have vegan options, which means that there's also no eggs and no dairy. So it's like magical, right? It's incredible. And it also tastes so good on top of it. Like they make incredible products, really great like flavor pairings. They just do a really good job with everything that they do. Anyway, so it was my husband's birthday and then it was my nephew's birthday. And then actually in about a little over a week, it's going to be my brother's birthday. So it's a lot of birthdays. And then Again, family in town, we're hanging out, we're drinking more, we're having like gluten-free vegan cookies, we're having the dairy-free ice cream, we're having the gluten-free vegan treats, you know, so we're just like, I've just been indulging a lot more than I was. And for me, I'm very much like, I have seasons where I'm eating sugar or seasons where I'm not eating sugar. Does that make sense? And that doesn't, just because I'm eating sugar doesn't mean that I'm like, binging on it every day it's not that I'm binging on it every day it's that I'm allowing myself to have you know like sweet treats every day so whether that be like a little Jojo's chocolate bar or um, you know even like having maple syrup with some paleo waffles or something you know so it's things like that that do add up like crazy they add up like crazy and for me I, ha- I used to definitely deal with really bad candida and for the most part I've healed from it, but it is something that can flare in me and I know the reason why. It's because I definitely have some biofilms and this is true for you too, by the way. If you're candida, like if you've healed from it, but it flares easily is because you definitely have biofilms in your gut of candida. And I can go into that topic. A whole, it's a whole separate topic, a whole other time. So if it easily is able to flare, that's because of biofilms, right? So even if your candida is cleared, when the biofilms are there, it can reactivate very easily. So this is what happens to me. And I first kind of reactivated it when I was pregnant with my second son, again, who's closing in on being like a year old almost. So yeah, I indulge a lot in sugar when I'm pregnant, just straight up. I'm just going to say it. And uh, then I like weaned off towards the end of my pregnancy because I had my blood sugar was kind of high, so I weaned off. And then when I, after I gave birth, I was like, I can finally eat sugar again. I can have treats again. I'm going to go all out. So I did it, and I was eating a lot of sugar. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, these symptoms are getting bad. They're like, yeah, they're flaring. I, I know these signs. I know exactly what is happening in my gut right now. And it's nice to have that knowledge, right? It's nice to know my body well enough, and it's nice to know, just to have the knowledge of these things that it takes sort of like, again, the morality out of it. It takes the emotional side out of it because it's not like I'm doing something bad or wrong. I just know that I've been indulging and I know that this is flaring up and this is activating and that's that's just what it is. So I want to tell you a few things that start to come up for me to be like, okay, I'm going a little too far with the sugar. Candida starting to flare a little bit. We need to reel it in and we need to take a step back. So the things that come up for me. My scalp gets a little bit flaky. It gets a little bit itchy. That's usually a very early sign for me. Uh, BO, like my my odor will change and I'll feel like I need to wear more deodorant more often. Whereas other times it's like I could go the whole day not wearing deodorant and it's not like I smell like flowers or anything, but it's like fine. It's not terrible. But when my when my scent kind of changes almost like a little bit sour, um, 
just like it's just like not just really not pleasant and I can always tell when it shifts because I'm like ooh that's not good that's not okay that's 100% from my gut and I know it <laughs> so the scalp the smell and then also another thing that can flare which I don't have right now um, but it's an underarm like an armpit rash and then also the sugar cravings right where it's like you really just want sugar and you find yourself go like you're done with a meal you've had a delicious satiating meal and then you find yourself going for more you find yourself feeling slightly unsatisfied you find yourself feeling like you need to go into the pantry or go into the fridge or go into the freezer like you're kind of grabbing for things and looking for something to get that hit right and that's that sugar craving so the sugar cravings will come up and then the other thing that happens is i'll start to feel more fatigued right i'll start to feel kind of like i need a pick-me-up or like i need sugar to have energy and on top of that, I'll also get, you know, like the brain fog. So my connection to source, my intuitive abilities, all of these things dull a little bit. And then I also notice it in my emotions, right? And this, these are happening like gradually day by day throughout the weeks and weeks, right? And then eventually after say like a month maybe of like indulging in sugar, then I'm like, okay, now this, like, it's too much to ignore now, especially once it starts to go to my emotions, right? And because your gut is the second brain, a lot of times things like anxiety, depression, like a lot of these things really are triggered from your gut. So once my candida stuff starts to flare a little bit and it's starting to activate, I notice all of those symptoms I already mentioned. And then I'll start to notice that I'm like, not my emotional intelligence goes down. I'm not able to be as clear-minded. I'm not able to hold myself. I'm not able to hold my triggers. I'm not able to have that like curiosity and observation about myself where I'm like, you know, I'm wanting to grow, but instead I find myself wanting to do things more like um, avoidance and like watching Netflix and just kind of sinking deeper into my kind of self-sabotage patterns and all of these things just start to very and subtle right it's subtle and it's gradual but they all start to creep up subtly gradually and before i know it i'm like wow i've been running away from things i've been feeling like crap sometimes i'll even notice that like i get sick when i normally wouldn't right normally I'm, my immune system's like very robust and i don't really get sick even if my kid does but it'll be like i'm getting sick and all of these things, all of these things. And yeah, a big thing that I notice, right, is like, it's not even just that my connection to source and my connection to my soul and my inner being and all of that kind of dims, but it's almost like my desire to even tap in sort of starts to dwindle because I, I just start wanting to look outside of myself, right? I'm trying to pull in from outside versus going within to bring things out from inside of me so it's a very different mode right and this is how powerful our food is this is how powerful the way that we eat and the habits that we have for our physical human body are affecting everything else our spirituality our gifting all of it like this is so wildly important and so often overlooked, right? A lot of times we're just trying to go and do or like we're trying to meditate. We're trying to do these things to feel better, to be happier. And we're ignoring all of the stuff that is happening in our physical human body that is literally sabotaging it all. Like 
our brains are made up of what we eat and what we do and our bodies are made up of what we eat and what we do. And so it's like when we're dehydrated, we're not drinking water and even the quality of the water that we're drinking, right? Maybe if our water has a lot of chlorine or fluoride or all of these kinds of things and we're not getting the nutrients that we need, we're eating foods that are inflaming our body, that are activating our immune system in a bad way, right? That means that it's making our body attack ourselves and it's giving us a leaky gut and it's just like this huge cascade effect with everything, right? So truly, truly, if you're a woman who's like wanting to tap into yourself, wanting to get to know yourself better, wanting to feel into your soul, wanting to live a really high quality of life, a really good, incredible life, this is so necessary. The physical side of things is so necessary. Or if you're a woman who's on the physical side of things that you're wanting to heal physically, know that that other side is necessary too. The the mental growth, the exploration, the soul work, all of it is needed. So, but right now, mostly this message is for the woman who is wanting to really tap in more to grow her own intuition and her intuitive abilities, your spirituality, your gifting. You're wanting to find out who you are, who you're meant to be, and what gifts you have to offer yourself in the world. And you're looking for that inner that deep interpersonal growth, right? And that affects every aspect of your life. But this is for the woman, that that soulful woman, the woman who wants to connect into her soul, right? And you, like you know that there is more available to you. You know that there is more to you. You know that there is more, that it's not just you and not just your physical human experience that you're living right now. So this is really for that woman. And I've had this program on my mind and on my heart and on my soul for a while and I just didn't really know how I wanted to bring it to you. So the reason that I'm sharing about within myself like those symptoms coming up and what I'm dealing with right now is because this morning I was like, you know, I want to pull out my food sensitivity test because I know exactly what I need to do to get right back. Like it's easy for me at this point. I know exactly what I need to do to shift and I can do so very easily. But so many people out there are struggling and don't know. They don't have the tools. You don't know how to shift. You don't know how to break out of what you're stuck in, right? So there are three aspects of this. There's the mind, there's the body, there's the soul, right? And we have to pay attention to each one. But this program specifically is for the body, for the body, but really to enhance the mind and soul, right? So it's for the woman who wants more, but realizes and recognizes that your physical, your human, what you're doing with your body isn't serving your mission and what it is that you're trying to do, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, right? So, 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 so. Me, like I said, I know exactly what I need to do to shift back. I come back to my food sensitivity test and I do an elimination diet with it. I go back to the foods that are the best foods for me. Will it feel challenging? I'm sure that it will, but that's okay. So taking, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it depends how long you want to do it. depends how much you need. For me, I'm probably going to do like two weeks, realistically, of going back to kind of this elimination phase of my food sensitivity test. So it's 100% based on me, my body, my foods that work for me, and the foods that don't work for me. 100%. It's not a random elimination diet where I'm trying to figure out what works for me. That's not what it is. It's 100% about me. I already have it on paper. I know exactly what works for me and what doesn't. So what I want to invite you to right here and right now is essentially to do this with me. But it's going to start 
in a few weeks because I want to give you guys a chance to get in and to get your test done. And even if you've done a test with me before, you can join. You can use your old test, but I would recommend that you do get a new one because really you need to get a new test done every eight months to one year. You want to see where things have changed, where they've shifted, foods that maybe you weren't sensitive to before that you might be sensitive to now and vice versa. So what I want to invite you to is Soul Fuel Freedom. And this is a new program that I'm doing. Again, for the woman who knows that she's meant for more, but your physicality really is kind of sabotaging you. So this is in order to get you that clear mind, clear body, so that you can clear the pathway to your intuition, to your intuitive abilities, to the deeper you that lives inside. Soul fuel freedom. So the whole idea behind this, you're going to do a food sensitivity test, and then we're going to do the elimination diet together for you. And on top of that, I'll be doing some live trainings in there as well. I'm planning to run this group for either three or four weeks. I don't even have all of the details yet. This right here, you're the first people that I am telling. You're the first ones to hear about this. And I want to make this group big. Like I want to get a lot of women in this group because I want a lot of women to experience this and truly to feel how different you feel and how clear-minded you are, how you can make decisions from a different place when your body is functioning ultimately optimally right in the very best way for you and this podcast episode went so much longer than I anticipated oh my gosh this is supposed to be a 15 minute episode and I'm almost 50 minutes in right now so I really want to wrap this up but this topic is so incredible so important and like just it's everything it's so important and I want for more women to know how to eat for their bodies so that it's not this guesswork and it's not this emotional thing so I really want to teach you how to Take that emotional charge out of food and just make it about you and your body and making the best decisions for yourself, clearing out all of the bullshit. So taking you through the experience of the detox and the elimination together in a way that works for you and your body, doing that together so you have the support that you need to get through it, to have an incredible uh, experience and incredible results. So in order to join this group, you do have to do a food sensitivity test with me. If you've done one in the past, again, you can join. The group itself, the program is a really low cost. Like part of me is like, why Why are we doing this so low? But it just feels good. It feels right. So it's going to be insanely low cost. Either three or four weeks. I haven't decided yet. I have not decided yet. But the price is going to be $222, which is insanely cheap. And I'm doing it cheap because I want women to experience this. I want women to get in, to do it, to not have the excuses and the reasons why not to. So that you can feel incredible in your body. You can function optimally in the way that you were meant to. So if this is you, if this is exciting you, if you're in, I'm incredibly excited. I'm so excited to do this with you guys. I'm so excited to take you on this journey so you can learn how to shift for yourself as well. And yeah, the food sensitivity test, I uh, technically am not allowed to say the price of it publicly. So if you have any questions, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'd be happy to answer that for you. So again, the program itself is $222. Really, for the work that we're going to be doing, dirt cheap. Like, honestly, it's dirt cheap. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to offer it to you for that price because, again, I want this to be a big group. So Get yourself in, get a friend to do it with you, right? Get a couple friends to do it with you. Do it with a group of your friends all together, right? Maybe if you're like people who have been 
like complaining about how you feel in your body or talking about, oh, summer's coming up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like if you find yourself in conversations like that where you and your friends are complaining about your body or how you feel or whatever, like get that group of friends together and come and do this together. Do this with each other. Have that support. Have that backbone there. Do it alone if you want to, but like getting people that you know in the real world to do it with you is that much better. It's that much more incredible. You could send them this podcast episode if you want to, or you could just make it about you. Make it about yourself, right? Make it about what you want to get out of this, what you feel like you could benefit from this, why you want to do it, and share it with your friends. Get your friends to do it because more women need this information. More women need to experience this for themselves, right? I don't want you to just like take my word for it. I want you guys to try it, to experience it. I want you guys to do this for yourself. Say yes to yourself and move forward with it. And see for yourself how different you feel in a month, right? Like in one month, how different you could feel, how different your body could feel. It's incredible. Like truly, this work is incredible. So get yourself in it. Get your friends in it. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Soul Fuel Freedom. We're going to start in June, either the uh, second or third week of June. So you have some time to get in, some time to get your test done. But let's get you guys in. Let's make this happen. It's going to be incredible. And I will see you there. Hey, gorgeous. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so happy that you took the time out for yourself to be here to listen to today's episode. You are amazing. So make sure you connect with me outside of here. But before you do that, I need to ask you a favor. And that is to subscribe to this podcast. Now, when you subscribe to this podcast, when you leave a review in your podcasting app, whether you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, when you do that, that is how the podcast grows. That's how I get visibility. That is how this thing can keep going, how I can continue to do this work. It'll only take a little bit of your time and I would super duper appreciate it. Obviously, only if the episode speaks to you, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. If you feel like it could help somebody else, tell them about it. Word of mouth, it's magical. Now. Once you've done that, if you've already done that, let's connect outside of here. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. You can always just put in Ethereal Beings Wellness and you should be able to find me. I would love to connect with you, love to get to know you better. And yeah, I just find it really fun. I don't like just feeling like I'm sitting here talking to myself all day. I know that there are people out there listening and I'd love to get to know you. So let's connect. If you're not feeling any of that, that's okay too. I still appreciate you. And I'm just happy that you're here doing the thing for yourself. So I will see you on the flip side. Truly, I'm humbled to be here with you. So honored. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And let's co-create together. See you in the next one. Over and out.